Today I have entitled my teaching called Walking Firm to Your Destination. Walking Firm to Your Destination. When we look at our lives, God has finished our lives. It's already written what our lives are supposed to be of. But in order for us to live out what God has already predestined for us, we have to live by faith. That's why it's called walking firm to your destination. Because the firmness of being in God's aligned purpose for our lives is in walking by faith. So now, we find that we have been told and taught so many things about faith. But what is faith truly? Beyond the definition, what is faith in accordance with you? And how do I get faith? <coughs> so for me, I came to realize that in, past, in time past, the word of God has somehow been watered down. Because the word of God has power to cause change. It has power to manifest. It has power to take on any form. But you find that we focus more on the written word than we do focus on the spoken word of God. Because if we look at Romans 10 verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So the scripture is telling us that faith does not come by us reading the word of God. But it comes by us hearing the word of God. So we find that we have more modern day Pharisees, Sadducees and all these other people who are in the Bible. Because we do not believe in what we read. Okay, And we do not have a foundation of our faith. Our focus has been mostly, okay, it is written, it is written. But have we truly heard what is written in the word? So we have to walk firm in our foundation. We have to walk firm. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. So now, when we look at the written word of God, it comes from the Greek word called logos. It's written word. Okay? That's where we find that the word became flesh in the book of John 1. So that's the written word. And then now the spoken word here in Romans 10 verse 17 is called Rema. It is the spoken word of God. So you find that until you hear the word of God from God himself on your inside or from the outside, you find that you do not have true genuine faith in what you are quoting or what you are saying. Because we're looking at Romans 10, 17, it says, by hearing. So it means it's not by me speaking to you that you will have faith. It's not by another man speaking to you that you have faith. It's by you hearing the word of God from God himself. That's what true faith is. So you find that many other times we can hear so many sermons, but are we truly getting the things, are we truly hearing from God through that sermon? Or you can hear a man preaching. Are you hearing God through that man? Is the question. Because God speaks in diverse ways. He can use a man so, uh, so that the man can project his voice. But in as much as the man may be speaking, what you may be hearing is something else. Why? Because God is trying to deal with something in your life. And he wants to generate a certain kind of faith within you. 
So you find that the ears of the spirit are not where we have our ears here, our natural ears. The ears of the spirit are in our heart. That's where faith is built. So you find that you may hear the word, but provided it does not touch your heart, you will not have true genuine faith. Why? Because your heart is where convictions are made. Because true faith, when you hear the word of God, you have a conviction about that word that God has given you. That's what faith does to you. It gives you a conviction to say, I know, you even become like Paul. Because Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. Why? Because he had the foundation of faith. He had the basis through which he could move from one destination to another. Okay? So what is faith basically? So we can go to the book of Hebrews 11, verse 1. What is faith? Hebrews 11, verse 1. <coughs> Amen? Are we there? So Hebrews 11, verse 1 to 3, and it reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So you find through, way, through, through faith the world... Sorry, let me just read verse 3 again. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. So in this Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3, we'll first look at the key features of faith. So it first starts by saying faith is the substance. So substance means place or setting under. Amen. So it's like placing something. Okay. (laughs) Or setting it under a certain condition. Like the way we have set the speakers there. That's like a substance, like we've placed them somewhere, amen? amen? And then evidence is a proof or that by which a thing is provided or tested or we can say it is a conviction. Eh? Because when you go to court, you go with evidence to say, okay, me, I did not commit this crime. Here's my evidence. Why? You're trying to prove your points. So you find that the, 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 the evidence is more of a conviction or it's more of a basis through which you are relying upon okay and then we have another feature which is hope it is to expect something beneficial beneficial in the future so hope is not about the now it's about the future because you find there's a verse in the bible which says what is hope if you have that thing now hope is when you have when you are relying that something will happen later on. Amen? And then the last feature of faith is seen. So to have a view or to have a sight of it. So when we look at faith, basically, it's more of placing something beneficial for the future, which is tested and which you have a conviction upon in your heart to say this thing is going to come to pass. And you see it in your heart to say, truly, this thing will come to pass and this is the location and this is the place. That's what the features of faith are. So you need to get and obtain a promise from God. 
And when you obtain that promise from God, you find that you will be able to see the substance. You'll be able to see the material thing where God has placed that thing that he has promised you. Very soon you'll see what I'm talking about when we talk about Abraham. Okay? So you find that every time we have faith, faith must be backed by action. Let's go to the book of James 2 verse 14 to 26. So everything that we receive by faith, we have to back it up by action. But I'll soon talk about Abraham. James. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? James 2, verse 14 to 26. It's going to be a long reading. Amen? So it says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and be destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warned and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But would thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seizest thou how faith through faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Yes, see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as by as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So you find that every time you see something, every time God gives you a word, it should be backed by action. A word minus action cannot generate true and genuine faith. So every word that you receive from God must be backed by action. Because as we have read here, faith without works is dead. So in order for the thing that God has promised you to be made manifest, you need to work it out. Amen. So we can just go to the book of uh, Romans 4. Verse 19 to 24. And another person can go to Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. So who is in Roman, I mean Romans 4 verse 19 to 24, who is in Matthew? 
Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. Okay. Okay. Let's start with Matthew, Romans 4, verse 19 to 24. And it reads, And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own dead body, or his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he, what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake only that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, and who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Amen. Amen. So when we look at it, God had promised Abraham to say, I will give you a seed. And out of it you shall have what? Many nations. So God gave Abraham a promise. And God also required Abraham to do works. That's why the starting scripture of the verse has talked about works. Abraham worked. But you find that in his walk of faith, he needed not to consider the circumstances and situations that were surrounding the promise of God. Are we there? So you find that God has given us promises that pertain unto life and godliness in his word. If we remember when we were, when we were learning how to pray last time, we said, if you have a situation, look through the wind. But now we are saying that when you look through the wind, ensure that you secure just one single word from God, a promise. It can be a promise concerning your health. It can be a promise concerning your business. It can be a promise concerning your finances. But ensure that you go through the word and look for the word and ensure that that word becomes life. It only becomes life when you hear it from God and just say, God, give, that's why we said, give us a revelation of your word. Because as he reveals his words to you, the word becomes life in you. And that's what will generate the true faith in you. That's when you'll be able to see those things that have not been seen before or those things that you want God to do for you in this lifetime in the physical realm. You'll be seeing them with the eyes of your heart. That even as you are working and laboring, people will think you're mad. People will think you're crazy. Why? Because they are not seeing what you are seeing. So you find that Abraham here was a hundred years old. It means he couldn't produce anymore. And then now Sarah was also old. So it means she couldn't give birth. But the Bible says he did not consider those things. He considered the promise that God had given him. Because that promise is what generated the faith in him. It is what was the substance. It, he had evidence that God was truly faithful enough to bring this thing to pass in his lifetime. So you find the promises of God that he has given us in his word are there to help us generate the faith that we need for every circumstance. But we have to not consider the things that are around us. Let's go to Matthew 14.
Estenisu and he treats. And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, to go before him and to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And, they were, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto him, walking on the sea. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out of, for fear. But straight away Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of the truth thou art the Son of God. Amen. So here you find that Jesus Christ was walking on water. And he was at the far end. And when Peter saw Jesus, he says, Lord, bid me to come to you. Because he knew that if I start walking on my own, I will sink. What I need is a promise that I can walk on water. What I need is that promise that will build a conviction within me to say that this is possible. So when he heard Jesus Christ tell him, say, come. He began to walk by faith and not by sight because he saw that such, we, we cannot walk on water, can we? No, but because you find that he had obtained a promise from God that he can walk on water. He began to walk by faith and not by sight. But the only problem with Peter in this circumstance is because he focused on the things that were around him. He focused on the situation. This is where the difference is between Peter and Abraham. It, uh, in the book of Romans there it says, Abraham considered not. But here we see that Peter looked at the storm. So you find that when you start walking by the promises of God, situations and circumstances will whisper to you and tell you this cannot be done. Why? Because we are thinking from our carnal perspective. So you find that within that moment, if we buy into or if we look at the situation to be bigger than what God has promised us, we cannot obtain the promise that God has given us in whatever area of life. But instead, if we walk by faith and not by sight, we can fulfill and have that promise that God has given us. So you find that Peter began to seek. Why? Because he began to doubt. He was looking at the situation and saying, okay, differently. how will my experience be different? Yes, I know you've given me the promise. Yes, I know you've secured the promise. You've told me I can walk. Yes, I have tasted a bit of what you have told me that it is possible. I have walked in this journey, oh God, but I'm looking at the situation. It looks bigger than your promise. Amen. So you find that what will make you get to the destination of what God has promised you is one, obedience. 
you find that every time God tells you something from his word, he's giving you a destination where he wants you to go. So with that destination where he wants you to go, he'll give you a set of instructions that you need to obey. You find that before Abraham had that child at the hundred and something years old, God had told him at 70 to say, come out of thy father's house. Leave this, leave, and then follow me. So you find that that required one, obedience. And that's why even when he was still a hundred years old, he still obeyed God. Even when God had told him, if we go back to Romans, it says he could have killed what Isaac. Why? Because he had faith that God was able to resurrect him. Because when you go to the book of Hebrews, it says, Abraham knew that God had the ability to resurrect him. And he knew that what God had promised him was not the seed of Isaac, but the seed of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you find that every time God gives us a promise to say, you shall be, you shall be, you shall be, he also gives us a list of instructions for us to obey. Minus our obeying the instructions, we cannot see that which God has promised. That's why you find that here Peter was sinking. Why? Because he obeyed the instruction for a bit and then stopped. Why? Because he began to doubt. He began to look at the situation and the circumstance. You see, when God gives you a promise, he's giving you an opportunity to fight for what belongs to you. That's what the promises are there for. Yes, you will see the things, you will see, have evidence and all these other things. You will have the four features. But for you to maintain the four features, you need to fight. Believe more on, on what God has told you, what God has given you, than what you are going through. And just continue obeying him through the circumstance. Let's go to my last scripture, Luke 5. Let me show you how obedience works. Verse 1 to 11. And it reads, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and saw two sheep standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them, and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering him, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the nets. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned upon their partners, which were on the other side, that they should come and help me. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at the knee, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. 
And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. Here we see that Peter caught them. He caught fish miraculously. But you find that the word of God spoke to Peter and said, cast your net. And Peter was like, okay, Jesus, I have been through this situation for a very long time. We have tried this way before. But he said, at thy word, I shall cast down the beast. And you find that the moment he obeyed the instruction of faith, because faith works with work. So then God had given him an instruction which had generated faith, but it required him to work. So when he worked on the instruction, that's when they got the things that God had said. They caught more fish than they've ever caught. And you know how it was? They caught fish at an inappropriate time. There are certain times you can fish, but not the time they were fishing. So you find that the thing of faith that God will require you to do it will not be normal. It will not be natural. So you should not try to understand God's dealings or you should not try to understand God's instructions from your own mind or from your own perspective. Amen? You should rather obey God's instructions because you find that Peter says, At thy word, I shall do it. He said, nevertheless. Yes, Lord, we've tried. I've tried. Okay, now I'm tired of trying. It's now time for you to come in. And when God came in, why? Because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask and think. So when he gives you the word of faith, he gives you a destination where he wants you to go. And that destination is just, he's just not giving you everything. He's not telling you everything that you will find. Why? Because he wants you to expectant, to be expectant of just that little thing. But what he wants to do is exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think of. Amen. Amen. The second thing that helps you get to your destination is not considering the things around you. You start walking by the instruction God has given you and you look at the situation, it gets worse. You see, the thing about the things of God is sometimes... As you are walking towards your breakthrough, that's when it gets tougher. As you are walking towards the promise, that's when situations get worse. It's not that God has neglected you, no. In that worse, in that bad circumstance, God is building the character within you for you to obtain that promise, for you to obtain that thing that He has or that He wants to give to you. That's why the situations get bad. That's why it gets tough along the way. Why? Because you find that every destination requires a different version of you. Everything that we do requires a different kind of us. But it is in the process of us going through the storms, going through the battles, going through the situations, and focusing not on the circumstances, and the situation, but the promise that God has given us. You see, says Abraham considered not his age. 
Neither did he stagger at the promise. Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Why? Because he knew God was able. God is able to turn our situations around. If God made the world in seven days, how many days or seconds can it take to change your situation? It doesn't take long. But the first step for us is to know where are you taking me, Lord? What is my destination? What is the word that you have given me? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not when you hear from man. It's when you hear from God. So sometimes you go in the closet, you pray, you read the word. If you're not still hearing anything, you try a fast. Until you hear God tell you, now I want you to go into this. Now I want you to go into this. Now I want you to venture into a business. Now I want you to... So you find that when God is giving you those promises, He's also giving you security. Amen? Amen. There's security towards the destination that God has intended for us. And it all starts with us securing a promise. Because the Bible says He has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. It's in these promises that God has given us from Genesis to Revelation. But you cannot know all the promises. Secure one and walk with it. If you get to another point and say, okay, God, I need another word. I need a word for my healing. I need a word for my business. I need a word for my family. I need a word. Cry that God gives you a word. to God that God give me grace to fulfill that word. Because it is not by might nor by power, but it is only by the Spirit of God that we are able to do everything that we do. So shall we just be upstanding?